with all of that, I want to, before we start today, I'm going to recommend a book to you, uh, and I'm showing you a picture of it rather than the actual book because uh, you, you can't buy it in Portland. <laughs> There's just, uh, I bought it on Kindle. I wanted it. You know, you, you, I read a quote, and it struck me, and I wanted to read more and wanted to, to really, and I, I've kind of created today's uh, message around this book, and I couldn't find one, so I copied a picture and bought it on my Kindle, but um, are any of you, are you guys familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Anybody? Some of you are, a lot of you are. Bonhoeffer was a, was a martyr uh, in the, during World War II, and his story is, is pretty profound in and of itself, and the book has a int- little introduction, two or three pages in the beginning that actually tell a little bit of that story, not all of it. Um, so this is, this book, uh, Bonhoeffer did not actually write a book called God is in the Manger. This is someone has taken a collection of his writings on Christmas and on Advent. And he did a number of Christmas sermons. And he also uh, was in prison uh, in Germany for two or three years uh, before he was, he was killed and wrote letters. And so some of the quotes that we'll read today and many of the quotes in the book come from those letters as well. So uh, I would highly recommend you read that. It's, it's written as a devotional, which is kind of cool. It's little readings. There are three weeks and then some additional readings at the end. It's not all Bonhoeffer. A few of them are other people, but mostly him. Uh, so you could do it. It's supposed to be an Advent devotional where you read one a day beginning a month month before Christmas. It's obviously too late now to do that, but I actually read it in a day because it was just so uh, powerful. I, I just loved it. So if you want to read something cool that really will stir you up for Christmas, I'm going to read a few quotes today, but I'd, I'd encourage you guys to, to uh, order a copy of that and, and read it together. Uh, so this morning, what I want to do is, uh, I was so stirred by this, I'm just going to share some of the, the text from you and kind of do a, a, more of a just a devotional today than anything else, a little kind of Advent devotional, get us thinking a little bit about Christmas. So why don't we pray together, and then we'll take a few minutes and do that, okay? Uh, Lord, we, we're, uh, it's, we're excited. It's always fun. It's good, and it's sometimes uh, hard this time of year. And uh, so I pray that this morning you and your Holy Spirit would come and touch us with the truth of your word and who you are and what you're about and what it means that uh, you came and that you're here and that you're with us and that you were born as a person. So just uh, help us to receive that truth today. Amen. I want to read a text. When we did communion the first of the month, I guess last week, um, you know, I, I read the Luke, I said it's Christmas, but we're going to talk about an Easter event, and I read the, the Luke passage, and I'm going to start with Easter again today, but but here's the thing, I'm going to make a connection, because they're, they're really connected, Easter and Christmas are really connected. Uh, in Corinthians, Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. We preach Christ crucified, Paul says. And 
as Christians, we focus a lot of attention on the cross. Rightfully so. Okay, uh, powerful, profound event. Uh, world-changing, not life-changing, all life-changing, world-changing event. And, and here's the thing. I think sometimes, as Christians, we have a tendency to sort of separate out that event and, and look at the cross and, and maybe forget that for Jesus to be crucified, to be killed on a cross, he first had to become a person. Okay? God, that, 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 that's the whole story, the whole thing, everything, uh, theology, all theology, but more importantly for us, I suppose, than theology is, is hope and faith. All of our hope, all of our faith, everything that we believe hinges on the reality that God became a human being. He couldn't have been killed on a cross if he wasn't a person. And to be crucified, he first had to be born. And, and that is the power and the wisdom of God. And here's the thing. You think about that now in, in kind of human terms, on our terms. Think of power, think of wisdom. That doesn't seem a powerful or wise thing. You know, it actually seems weak and uh, foolish. Not not wise, foolish. Paul says it's it, it confounds the wise, and it's more powerful. In you know, his weakness is more powerful than the power of anything else in this world. Um, it, it doesn't, on a surface level. And outside of understanding who God was and what, what, what he did and why he did it, it, it really, really looks uh, lame. It's like, I don't, that doesn't make sense, and yet it's so powerful. I want to give you the first little quote from Bonhoeffer this morning. I love this. For the great and powerful of this world, there are only two places in which their courage fails them of which they're afraid deep down in their souls from which they shy away. These are the manger and the cross of Christ. No powerful person dares approach the manger. And this even includes King Herod, for this is where thrones shake, the mighty fall, the prominent perish, because God is with the lowly. It seemed on every human level a foolish thing that God would send his son to be born in a barn in an, in an impoverished community in a remote corner of the world to an unwed teenage girl. But that's the power of God. God showed up quite literally, in diapers. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Look, if I said to you, hey, look, the world is a mess, and I want to give you, let's just pretend for a minute, I want to give you the power to fix it. So, you come up with the plan, but 
here's the, here's the rules. The rules are there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. You can have any superpower you want. You can have all the superpowers. Whatever it takes, it's all at your disposal, but you tell me what you're going to do, and we'll make it happen. And you come back and you say, I got an idea. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a baby to be born in a barn in an impoverished community in a remote corner of the world to an unwed teenage girl. Probably not. No, no one. No one would come up with that plan. Another question. Put it this way. What, you know, I, I would, this is interesting. I would love to be able to interact with people who don't know anything. Uh, and it's, it's impossible in the world we live in today because it's the information age, right? There's information everywhere. But just if, if for a minute, you know, there could be someone, and I know that missionaries do this in remote corners of the earth, whatever, uh, talk to somebody that's had no concept, no idea, and just ask them, what is God like? What is God like? And again, no one would say that. No one would say he poops in a diaper. That just that, that's not on the radar screen. He's a, he's cute. He's a little baby. He's chubby. He's got chubby cheeks. No one would say that. No one would picture God that way. There's you know theologians, <laughs> scholars, who, who think it's it's really uh, legendary the the whole the whole birth narrative, the gospels, all that. It's not historical. It's legendary. And the reason they think that they've studied the Bible, they're studying the Bible. They're saying that because. God wouldn't do that. God couldn't do that. God shouldn't do that. God would never do that. But they missed the point. The whole, the whole point is, yeah, no, no, that's, God did do that. Every, everything that we believe hangs on that. Everything hangs on that. On, on that. Well, can you see that okay? Little baby. Cute little baby. <laughs> in diapers. In a barn. It all Hinges on that. Bonhoeffer, this is about the birth of a child, not the astonishing work of a strong man, not the bold discovery of a wise man, not the pious work of a saint. It really is beyond all our understanding. The birth of a child shall bring about the great change, shall bring to all mankind salvation and deliverance. Look, I'm giving you all the best quotes today. You may not even need to buy the book. It's good. It's really good. Uh, you know, it's a story, really, when you read it, and I know probably, you know, this month at some point in time, or however, whatever your routine, your tradition is, and I encourage you, if you don't, to read. Read the gospel narratives. Read Matthew and Luke and read the story. It's a story of, of love, of powerful, powerful love, love that is unique, and unique in this sense in that, here's the thing, power normally, when we think of power, and you think of powerful people, and, and this is the point that Bonhoeffer was really getting at, driving at in the last quote, powerful people tend to instill fear in the hearts of others, right? You're afraid of the guy with the gun. We're afraid of the person in power, because that's how power works. And the, the, the powerful love of Jesus, instead of instilling fear in the hearts of people, drives out all fear. That's the beauty of it. John tells us that whoever doesn't love God doesn't know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. There's no fear in love. Perfect love, perfect love that only comes from him drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The love of God drives fear out of our lives, not instills fear into our lives. God doesn't control us through fear. He heals us and redeems us through love. That's the Christmas story. That's, and that goes out to everyone. Everyone can receive that and partake in that. Everyone can participate. Every, everyone can come to the manger and bow down and say, oh, man, this is something else. I'll give you another one. Where is the divinity? Where is the might of this child? In the divine love in which he becomes like us. His poverty in the manger is his might. That's worth the price of admission right there. His poverty in the manger is his might. And in the might of love, he overcomes the chasm between God and humankind. He overcomes sin and death. Isn't that good? See, the Christmas story is this. Uh, We had our little... uh, Vineyard area pastor's Christmas party the other night. We all got together, and every year we do that. We have dinner, and then we 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 uh, break bread. We take communion together. We receive communion. I was corrected. I said we're going to take communion. And my friend James said we don't take communion. We receive communion. But as we were sharing around the circle, you know, everybody everybody was supposed to share something, you know, and, and Donna shared that. She was impressed just the, the reality of God, Emmanuel, God with us at Christmas. That's what she's thinking about. And that's the deal. That's the deal. The Christmas story is God is with us. This is, this is the thing. He becomes like us. He couldn't be crucified if he didn't first become like us. Nobody else. No, I have, I want to say, I have value and respect and esteem for those of other faiths and other beliefs. But at the end of the day, no one else has a God that relates to who we are the way we are. Just saying. Just saying. He became like us. God is with us. There's nothing, 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 nothing in your life, my life, anybody's life, that we will ever have to go through that he cannot identify. The word came, well, I shared earlier, you know, sometimes life's hard, sometimes it's difficult. True. But the beauty of it is there's nothing that we could ever go through that he cannot identify with because God really is with us. (coughs) Isaiah tells us that. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. <coughs> I was thinking, I was looking for uh, images. I was trying to find images of baby Jesus to put up. And uh, I came, I don't know, I came across a couple of like Santa Claus kneeling down at the manger. And I just, I, I go, oh my God, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's just, yeah, please, thank you. That's just so weird. It's like, what does that mean? I don't even. I'm sure somebody in their heart was stirred, and there was something going on there. Thank you. But 
It's like, what is that? That is just weird. And here's what's weird about it. <clears throat> I'm into Christmas. I, I, I Look, I, I like the decorations, presents, Christmas. I like it all. I like the whole thing, right? Uh, and so I got no beef with anybody. I got, I got no bone to pick with Santa Claus. But, but the deal is this. You know, he shows up only if you're good, right? That's the deal. You got to be good, right? Go to find out who's naughty and nice. I don't know how it goes, but you know. Uh, if you're bad, you get coal in your stocking. You've got to be good to get a present. Jesus will come even if you're bad. <laughs> you can misbehave. I, you know, sometimes uh, life is hell. Uh, sometimes uh, it's of our own doing, okay? Let's just, can we just say, you, you, sometimes we mess up. And, and, and we put ourselves through tough situations. Not always. Sometimes somebody else does, but sometimes we do. And Jesus says, you know what, I'm with you even then. You don't have to be good. Santa wants you to be good. Jesus says, no, I, I just want to be with you. We'll worry about good later. <coughs> right now, I want to be with you. <coughs> I get excited, and I just get all, throat gets all tightened up and everything. I should try to calm down. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep warm. No, it's nice in here. I came in today. It was good. It was cold outside. I walked, oh, man, the heat works in this place. Uh, Christmas story is this, and we'll end here, and then we'll pray. It's an invitation, really. It's an invitation to you and I and to everyone to, to trust in a different kind of power, in a different kind of wisdom, and in a different kind of God. It really, really is. That's what it is. It's an invitation. So my, my Christmas devotional for you today, as you consider, you know, the Advent season, whatever, um, trust in a different kind of power, a different kind of wisdom, a different kind of God. God who really does identify with who we are uh, who understands our lives, who came to be with us. As, as foolish and weak as it might look on the surface, it's the most powerful and profound thing ever. And you just ponder that for a little while, uh, and it will put you in a place of awe. It really, really will. One more quote from Bonhoeffer, and we'll call it a day. I, God, man, I'm telling you. Best four ninety nine I ever spent. Might have been nine ninety nine. I don't know. It was cheap. Cheap books. Little. It's little. God is in the manger. Wealth and poverty, light and darkness, succor and abandonment. No evil can befall us. Whatever men may do to us, they cannot but serve God, who is secretly revealed as love rules the world in all things. Don't you wish you'd have said that? I wish I'd have said that. Let's stand up. Cindy, please. Oh, look, I took longer than I thought I was going to.